Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the most fun hour you're going to have online tonight. Stop the doom scrolling and hang out with us. We've got an hour plus of engineering news and products and videos and tutorials, and it's not out yet. It's all sorts of good stuff uh, that yeah. you will only see here um, on the Ask an Engineer show with me, Lady Ada the Engineer. Sure. With me is Mr. Lady Ada. He's the one who put the show together, and he's going to tell you all about it right now. On tonight's show, we'll talk about Adafruit shipping smart and safe. We are doing that. We thank you so much for your orders. You are keeping us around in business and getting electronics to all the folks out there, including the kiddos that are doing their schoolwork remotely. Our team thanks you. These are pre-COVID photos, pre -COVID. by the way. We'll uh, go over the show and tell people around the world showing and sharing their projects. Lady will talk about who's on the show and tell what they shared. Some Jump Parks Workshop and some other things, including a Make Code Minute. We have a job from the Adafruit Jobs Board. Some time travel. We have some Python on hardware news. We have some Made in New York City factory footage. We have some 3D printing videos celebrating 300 episodes 300. of 3D Hangouts. We Oof. have everyone's favorite segment, DigiKey and Adafruit present INMPI. This week we'll be going over a cool new product, an NPI from Ideal Tech, Swiss technology at your fingertips. We'll do new products. We'll do some top secret. We'll answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord, where there's about 25,000 of us. And we hang out and we answer questions. We share projects and more. All that on, you guessed it. Ask an engineer. Ask an engineer. Okie dokie. So, so, first off, let's just uh, cut to one of the most important things. Okay. Right away. Um, we are going to be shipping Adabox in about 11 days. Yep. And this is probably going to be one of our spookiest, scariest, fun This is the Adaboxes. best Adabox yet. I well, we always say time. that. And but no, but it really is true. This yeah. one is like so awesome. We can't tell you what's in it, but if you go to Adabox.com, sign up. We don't have unlimited sign-ups, so we do a few thousand every quarter. Um, we shipped even... During COVID, we were able to get back to the factory. We were able to do this. So we still fulfilled our deal, which is if you sign up for an Adabox, somehow, some way, we'll make it happen. So we're right on schedule. We'll be shipping in less than two weeks. You're going to get it for Halloween. So go to Adabox.com. Sign up now. It'll eventually, we'll eventually run out of subscriptions. And uh, just to reassure everybody, too, uh, we've been operating safe and smart for the last seven months. Our protocols have kept everyone at Adafruit COVID-free. So we're serious about this. We've not rolled back any of our protocols. Our team, nope. um, we, we, didn't, we didn't do all these things to just say, okay, we're open. We did this because we want our team to be safe. And I think that's one of the things that we're all experiencing and watching the news right now. There's certain things that you can do if you care about each other and care about your company, care about um, your community. And we've done this from the start, even though when it was scary and we didn't have all the information we thought masks were good. We thought gloves were good. We thought distancing was good. We thought uh, we have space. Let's do staggered shifts. Let's have good air ventilation. We got different filters. Um, we do swab testing across the entire factory every month. 
and we published the results. No COVID at Adafruit. The last round, we found dead COVID on a doorknob on the outside on the most traffic area, which is exactly what you'd expect. And so we told our team, this is why we do what we do. So staying safe. This is it. And we just want to say thank you for everyone who's been keeping us going. Um, so this Adabox will have some treats and more. but And it's designed for Halloween projects that you're going to do at home. So it's okay if you're not going to be going out trick-or-treating. You may not have people come by and trick-or-treat. But lots of spooky, fun projects. Um, yeah. And uh, maybe we'll have a song that goes with it. Yeah, we got stuff. So that's Adabox. I'll talk about that later in um, new products. But um, as you order stuff, smart and safe. Um, we have freebies. We have freebies. So the return of freebies. Yeah, we're really doing quite a bit with Stemma, Stemma QT. And when you order, you get free stuff. What do they get, Lady Ada? I'm glad you asked. When you order $99 or more, you get a free Promoproto half-size breadboard. When you order $149 or more, you get one of a range of Stemma QT sensors and boards. And we'll add the QT Pie in as well soon because uh, I think people will like that as one of the freebies. Um, and if you make an account, you'll get a different one each time, which is great because you can collect them all. Uh, $1.99 or more, you'll get free UPS ground shipping in the continental of the United States. It's trackable and insured, and you'll get it. And then uh, $2.99 or more, you'll get a free Circuit Playground Express or all-in-one development platform kit that lets you uh, write code and make code, like the two engineers who came by show and tell. You can use Arduino. You can use Circuit Python. They even have, like, a Rust package for it. So... That's pretty cool stuff. Um, all that and more when you order from Adafruit.com, which supports us. All right. Next up, show and tell. People around the world showing and sharing projects. I'm just going to um, start off with saying, watch this show and tell and look for two engineers. I think it was... Uh, S&C. S&C. And uh, that's our future. And thank you so much, young engineers, for coming by and showing everybody a little bit of hope today. You have no idea how much we all needed that. <laughs> so. It's true. All right. Uh, all right. We got a bunch of Adafruit folks coming by. Brent is working on an air quality project. I need to kick an open source version of the purple air using Adafruit IO. Aaron uh, made a, a basic bottle project with Circuit Playground Express uh, as part of a uh, nonprofit that's trying to um, save a park from, I don't know, some, something terrible. They're trying to renovate a park. Um, JP built an Adafruit IO controlled scoreboard that uses a matrix portal. Uh, Noah and Pedro built uh, a Lego store that uses a cutie pie to light it up. Um, so they made a little like Lego compatible clip for the cutie pie. And they wrote a little bit of CircuitPython code to light up this Lego store. Um, Scott has been debugging the IMX Metro. And so he wrote an SPI flash decoder for the Salier logic, which is great because you want to decode SPI, but not actually literally decode like every single byte of SPI data, you just want to know, like, is it reading the status register? Is it setting the enable bit? Is it reading a byte or writing memory or erasing? Um, so now all those commands are uh, written out in uh, this free plugin extension manager, which looks really sweet. Um, Kevin from DigiKey came by and uh, has been having fun with his metrics portal. We sent him one out early, and he's been 3D printing and building fun projects. Zach um, from Inventables. Uh, told us about his inventable story and also announced the release of the new X-Carve Pro, which has a 2x4-foot or 4x4-foot bed. It's a CNC router. It's like a very advanced, uh, it's like the third or fourth generation that they've done in inventables. He's really into 
um, buildable CNC machines. And this one can, um, it's cool about the software is it can use four by eight sheets and it'll tell you when to advance it so that in like, I guess it does some registration. So you can use full four by eight sheets of you know, plastic or wood um, or even thin metals, I guess. Um, check out the XCarve Pro at inventables.com. Jepler uh, has been doing the can-can. This time one can is an STM32 F405 and the other can is a Sam E51 Feather. I sent him uh, one of the prototypes. Um, he has a pre-release board. Uh, and he's verifying that the CAN code that we've written in Arduino can talk to the CAN code that we've written in CircuitPython. So sending messages back and forth between all the different boards that have hardware CAN support, we're going to have like a really unified um, CAN interface, great for people who want to do projects with sensor nodes that are um, connected together using only three wires. Um, Mark made a laughing skull project that's light reactive, and he poured it to a bunch of different displays. Liz made a uh, cool 3D-printed Frank, Frankenstein's monster, um, and she's going to use a cutie pie to light it up. Um, Dan uh, came back with his Pi high-quality camera time-lapse project. He built an uh, enclosure using a uh, jewelry box. He got a thrift store, and he like embedded magnets in it, and it's like really beautiful. It's in CNC. It's a very nice uh, build. And he's going to do some flower time-lapses. And... Uh, Dual Engineers S and C uh, came by with two Circuit Playground Express projects. One was a light-up project that can be blue or pink LEDs, and her favorite color is pink. So that's good. She can switch between the less favorite and more favorite. And the other one is an audio um, reactive project. When it hears a loud sound, it'll uh, light up the LEDs, and it'll also um, beep back or make little uh, chimes when you uh, shake it. So uh, a more advanced project. Those were... Show and tell. It's part of our Infrared Live series of shows. You are watching Ask an Engineer right now. That's every Wednesday at 8 p.m. We do show and tell at 7.30. Those are the shows that we do at night on Wednesday. We also do a show called Desk of Lady Ada. We do that on Sundays around 8-ish o'clock. And uh, Lady Ada is usually showing off something that she's working on, cool stuff. And we also have a segment... Which is a great search for DigiKey, where Lady Ada shows you how to get what you're looking for on the DigiKey site. That's right. During the week, Tuesdays, JP does a JP product pick of the week. And uh, we're totally trying to game um, YouTube's algorithm because uh, they it told say us. not chicken? It says not, uh, clickbait. not clickbait. That's what you do. You say, this is not clickbait, and then people click it. Yeah. So we have a one-minute highlight we're going to play right now. the BH1750 ambient light sensor. So what this is showing us right now is that we have about 128 lux, and that's just based on the ambient lighting in the room. As I cover that sensor up, when it gets below 10, I told it to just turn the screen off. So that sort of simulates that behavior of putting something to sleep. And you can see it's pretty responsive. I've written all this in CircuitPython. I've built a little rig here where I have some flashlights that I want to test. And this is a crazy bright light, so I'm going to point this here. We can see we're getting about 18,000 lux on this one. So you can see those are just a couple of the nice, easy uses for this sensor. And that is why this is my product pick of the week.
All right, and don't forget tomorrow JP's show will be on. Here's a little bit of preview of some of the stuff that JP's showing off. Good minute with JP. JP, take it away. For the Make Code Minute today, I wanted to build a little button echo box. So what I have here is a little plate of LED diffusion plastic over the LEDs on the Circuit Playground Express. And if I press left or right, I'm pressing the A or B button. Now, when I press a combination of those buttons four times, it'll play them back for me. Watch. Left, right, left, right and it plays left, right, left, right. Inside of make code, what you'll see is I have a couple of button events. And when I press either button, it calls a function called add button press with an argument of either zero or one. Now, looking at that function, uh, what you'll notice is that it's calling a if the length of the array named button list is not equal to four, then we'll do what's inside there. At the start of this sketch, what happens is I create a button list and it's an empty array. So right now that length is essentially zero. When I press a button, since it doesn't equal four yet, it's gonna either call a zero or a one, depending on which button I've pressed, and then add a value to that array. And I've decided to pick the values of two and seven since those correspond to LED two and LED seven on the Circuit Playground Express. Now, throughout the loop of the program, if that length does end up equaling four, it's gonna run this little loop here, which indexes from zero to three, so four times. It will light up the LED corresponding to the button that I've pressed in a color that's appropriate for a little list array that I've created. When we have played back those four button presses, it then blanks the array again, and we're ready to start all over again. So here you can see, that is how you can create a little button box inside of Make Code for the Circuit Playground Express. And that is your Make Code Minute. All right, Adafruit Jobs Boards, jobs at adafruit.com. It's been a while since we had this segment. Yeah, I'm trying to get back into our regularly structured segments because... We're the freebies now, bad. Yeah, back one of the things I, I read is because um, this ongoing uh, daily, you know, chronic, like, thing that we're dealing with, uh, it's this, this unending crisis, it seems, is more structured, the better. So I'm trying to get our, oh. our shows even more on structure. So okay. we have a board, jobs board, jobs.adafruit.com. People... And companies post work that they're looking to get done, and then people post their skills. So this week on the jobs board, jobs.adafruit.com, which is free for everyone. We moderate all of them to make sure there's no scams and other stuff. Um, if you're in New York City and you want to be a museum tech supervisor, you can. Micro is looking for a museum tech supervisor that will own and manage some of the most exciting challenges, be responsible for building and engineering Micro's growing fleet of six-foot-tall Museums. That's cool. So these are little mini museums, which makes sense because you know you move them around, and uh, they're looking for someone in the New York area. New York has a ton of unemployment, so we're trying to do our part to help people for get jobs. And then also the companies who want talent, they use our jobs board as well. So um, we've always had 
um, some way to get the word out. Then we made the jobs board, and then we made a better version of the jobs board. So feel free to put up your skills if you're a maker, and then feel free to find great folks uh, that you've always wanted to find to work for your organization. Go to jobs.adafruit.com. It's free. Okay, time travel. Let's uh, travel around the world. Uh, there's about... Travel around the time. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's just say it. 20-some days. Um, if you haven't already, we got our mail-in ballots. There's a bunch of dates. Go to adafruit.com slash vote. We have resources for everyone if you want to be a poll worker. Um, if you want to know what the rules are, if you see militias that are trying to intimidate polls, we've got all those resources um, because that's what we do. We try to be helpers with all this stuff. Uh, we'll be out that day because we give the entire company a paid day off. We've always done this since we've been able to, which is in the last few years. And uh, it has nothing to do with this year. We've been doing this before this election. But um, we wanted to let everyone know we have these resources. Please help people who need to get out and vote. Do all the things that you can do as an individual. Everyone's going to look back at this time and say, what were you doing in 2020? Because sometimes I look at old photos and I look yeah, back. Yeah. and I Like what were you doing about like four years ago? So in 2016, Lady Ada, you were at the White House and... Uh, <laughs> You know, not too far off from exactly, uh, you know, same, similar time period. Just it was a different. It was a different time in two thousand sixteen. Well, it was about almost exactly four and, years ago. Yeah, and I saw I saw this photo because this one hit the news. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's exact. That's where we were. I assumed that they were gonna have to spray down, you know, the White House after we got uh, through there. Yeah. But but turns out um, that's what's going on right now. But this is how, um, you know. Times change. This is why we have a time travel segment. Um, Lady Ada got an award at the White House, and uh, it's weird to see the places that you visited. We got a tour. Getting sprayed down. Yeah, we got a tour. We got to go to the Oval Office. We got all these um, neat behind-the-scenes looks at the White House, and it is a small building. You think it's big from the outside, but it is tiny in there. It's quite cramped, And yeah. so I completely understand why it's getting uh, hosed down. I have the same Tyvek suit, and I know which sprayer they're using. Um, when COVID hit New York... Um, I was bleaching the Adafruit bathrooms um, because we were working with doctors because we were doing face masks for the city. And they said, watch out for aerosols. They said this back in March. And uh, we thought, well, let's, uh, and I had a full suit and everything. I said, well, you know, we have, we have shared restrooms and we were doing staggered shifts and we were doing other things because we were essential business. But, um, you know, this is uh, weird to see this now. And uh, it's just part of, you know, our photo role. And it's weird to see it. So when I saw that news, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, that's the same spot that we were at. Um, and then speaking of, in New York, we all um, were asked to install this app. We installed it. It's a COVID alert. So basically the way it works is it sends out random IDs. And if uh, I happen to run into someone more than six feet, and I think for a little while, and later on they test positive for COVID, or I do, and I notify, I tell the app, um, we'll get an alert. So a lot of our team members at Adafruit are doing that. Um, I think they're already up to over half a million people. Um, who installed it. And New York, uh, starting this Friday, they're doing some uh, geography-based um, closures. So we have this color-coded thing. We'll let everyone know if it affects Adafruit. Probably won't. We're an essential business, so we'll continue to, to operate smart and safe. But this is the types of activity and then the severity. So you'll start to see lots of different things happen. Um, New York got hit first and worst. We'll continue to broadcast. We'll do our show. Um, I'm going to look back years from now and say, well, what was I doing that Wednesday in April? What was I doing that Wednesday in, in May? Um, I think freaking out was what I was doing. Um, but that's a little bit of a glimpse of what's happened recently. And then we have um, a couple videos that we shot of some testers and more 
over the last week. Hey, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey there. I'm testing out our new LTC4311 breakout board. This is a really interesting I2C active terminator. And uh, I have it hooked up here to Trinket M0. And what I've got is an OLED display running on I2C. And this is like connected right to the Trinket. And then you see here, I've got the I2C lines connected to an Ethernet cable. And the Ethernet cable goes all the way here, curves around for a hundred feet, and then back out to a BME 680 sensor. And normally you would never be able to have uh, I2C running on a hundred uh, foot long Ethernet cable. There's way too much capacitance. But what's cool about this active terminator is it can handle that high capacitance and it like actively pulls up the CL and SDA pins so you can have very long I2C connections. Okay, later, what is this? What's cute and what runs Python? It's a cutie pie. This little dev board that we're working on. Uh, this is RevB and I built a tester for it running on a TNC 3.6. So to test it, you put the board on the pogo pins press the reset button. It programs, does a serial test, tests all the pins, and tests the USB connection, all in 2.639 seconds. And uh, this is getting ready to be manufactured. So it's got the SAMD21 E18 um, USB Type-C Stemma QTI squared C connection, reset button. You saw that NeoPixel glow in. And on the back, there's an optional spot to put an SPI flash chip for extra storage. So coming soon to the Adafruit shop. It's so cute, cutie pie. It's now time for some Python on hardware news. Don't forget, we're in the middle, or beginning, yeah. or the first stages <laughs> of our CircuitPython beta. So install it, break stuff, yes. try stuff, let us know. Okay, here's what we have in six. We have ESP32-S2 beta support, now it's beta. I wanna clarify for people, it's like, ESP32 support, S2 is supported, but we're still learning stuff, breaking stuff, so, you know, it's not ready for, like, really intense project, but, like, do try it out and give us feedback and bug reports so we can fix them. Also added some CAN uh, library support, and I think we fixed a whole bunch of bugs. So yeah. uh, quite a few things in 6.0 uh, beta, and I think we're going to be doing the next beta in the next week or so. All right, and then highlights from um, the Python on Hardware newsletter. Go to adafruitdaily.com and sign up for Python on Hardware. So as Lady just said, we got the beta 1 and beta 2. They were released within the last week. Get on that. Um, exactly what we expected, and it is here, and I've been able to tune into some of the things that I've been looking forward to. Yeah. CircuitPython programmable watch. Yeah, um, we've always wanted to Yeah, like so I think, you know, it's one of those things where when people see and use things like uh, Apple's Watch, they like the idea of it, and then they're and especially if they do electronics, they're like, "Well, I want to make something like that because it's a bunch of different components." And um, yes, it's not going to be the Apple Watch, but it's probably going to do all the things you want it to. But you'll you'll want to learn how to to make those things happen. You want to make interfaces. You want to be able to code it. You want to understand what it's doing. So uh, TG Techie is doing a really good job on this watch running CircuitPython. And, like, it's already getting there. Like, I've, I've had Kickstarters that were That's watches cool. that did not work out this yeah. month. So um, anyways, um, there's a Python developer survey 2020. Um, if you could and you use CircuitPython, please fill out the survey and mention that you use CircuitPython. Um, you know, in 2019, that had 24,000 people um, over 150 countries. 
So if you make your voice heard about uh, how you're using Python on hardware now, I'm sure they would like to hear that. Um, so this is uh, all of the um, the. We just had uh, the show and tell yeah. with these projects. And so Mark the, came by. And yeah. Himself. So Mark showed this off. These are all the cool things that you can do. I, I said this, I think, on the show and tell. But one of the neat things is, um, you know, I, I used to do Java stuff and I did like Flash stuff. And the idea was you could do write once, run anywhere. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of cool projects that you can do with our hardware. And the CircuitPython code supportable. It just works in all those different places. Yeah. So this is a really good example of all these, you know, skull projects and more. Um, there's KiCad 2020 Virtual Edition badge. It's and cool. Look at this. You can program it with CircuitPython. And it's built in KiCad. It's got SAMD21, USB-C, and CircuitPython. And look at that beautiful routing. Yeah. Really nice. Um, Scott's doing a deep dive tomorrow. Um, we have a back-to-school update. You know, we have some virtual guides and things for kids. We understand school's a little weird, weird this year. Probably will continue to be so, but um, you know, if you're interested in uh, helping kids get some computer science going, get a Circuit Playground Express. They start off with a make code and then get them going on Circuit Python. Like yeah. that's that's your best bet. And the kids that were on our show and tell, um, that's what they were doing. Um, one of the cool things this week was Unexpected Maker released their Feather S2. So if you like the SP32 S2, we're working on ones. Everyone's working on ones. This is a super cool chip. It's Wi-Fi. It's from Espressive, and uh, it's in the Feather format, which is what you like. That's right. So we got some other news that you can check out in the newsletter. Got Feather Wings, all sorts of like Python links. Yeah. So check it out. KPI guides. Um, we have 273 libraries right now. Hundreds of boards. Um, every single week, the newsletter is jam-packed with everything. Check it out. We'll see you next week. Python and Harbor newsletter. All right. We're an open source hardware company, Lady yeah. Ada, yeah. and it is Open Hardware Month. Is it? Oh, that's right. October is Open Hardware Month. It's Open Hardware Month. Oh. And this month... October um, is open. Yeah. The uh, Open Hardware Association said this month they're concentrating on encouraging people to do documentation and more. Yeah. Last year, if you look on our blog, I did a post a day. This is like before COVID. So I'm like, I have time to do a little bit of authoring so that's not happening now um but during our show i could talk about a, a couple things yeah so for us because it's about documentation check out learn.adafruit.com we'll talk about our guides in just a couple of minutes um but you know we're we're held to a really high standard because we're adafruit about our documentation so we i think we do the best job but there's always you know ways to improve but documentation is one of those things that just about everyone can participate in that's right so if you like the idea of open hardware, if you like the values of open hardware, but you don't do hardware engineering, and maybe you don't even write code, you can help out with documentation, doing projects, or, and lots of things. And not just for Adafruit, there's lots of other companies that do open source hardware. So um, take a look at our guides, learn.adafruit.com, and then take a look at our read docs and all the things that we put into each product, the libraries, all the things that we do on GitHub. Um, it's become the gold standard. This is what people say, like, oh, if you're going to do electronics, do the documentation like Adafruit. Um, the number of repos matter when you're selecting a product. Maybe you can get something cheaper on Amazon. Maybe you get something cheaper from Taobao or Alibaba. But there is not a GitHub repo. There's no support. There's no community. There's nothing. So, you know, use your wallet to, to uh, buy stuff. But then at the same time, we have boards that are, we have the cutie pie. It's six bucks. That's not going to, 
the, the board nothing cheaper. There's nothing cheaper no matter where you make it in the world. Yeah. So and if the parts cost what the parts cost. Yeah. So that's that's number one. Number two um, that I want to talk about this month. I'll probably try to do an article or I might just like mention it here mm-hmm. again. So one thing that happens is big giant companies they like the idea of open. They love it. What they a great love idea. the idea of open. It's free. They use it as a marketing term. And then they do a big event. Or they'll do a small event. Or they'll do some type of event. And they want to celebrate open. Open. Then someone says, oh, you know what? It's all guys. Let's start talking. To, we have to get like at least one woman on stage. Yeah. Um, or now it's all virtual. So then your name always comes up for that. And um, what happens is, and because I usually help figure out your schedule what happens is uh so you don't accept money for speaking you'll have it donated yeah i've always had it donated you'll have it donated or you'll say no thanks but one of the things that we do because we have a platform specifically you is say cool what do you compensate speakers specifically women that's when things don't go so well so oh we're a giant company no budget oh we're a giant company it's a grassroots effort oh we're a giant company we can't pay you we don't want to start a precedent and then you start asking things about code of conduct, disclosures, and who's actually sponsoring this or paying for it. And it gets, um, it gets really weird really fast. And uh, generally, the people on the other side, they don't like me. Because I ask for these things, and I say, hey, like if you're going to do an event, and you're calling it open, and you want to celebrate open source and open source businesses, why don't you pay the speakers? And it's always like, well, I don't know, it's speakers. And We're not asking are, for a thousand dollars. Just so, like, by the way, toss a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. By the way, the, the companies that are the worst at this are the ones that are the biggest companies in the world. Yeah. So, Fang, you know, all the like, yeah. you know, the, the, all those companies. No, they're massively wealthy. So, you know, I'm not going to pick on any one of them in particular because it's across the board. And because you're on a list of like, oh, quick, need like a diversity speaker, a woman speaker, like you're on this list, and they keep doing it over and over. And I want to just ask everyone in the open source community and open source hardware. So if you do a talk, cool. But at least ask and say, do you compensate speakers, specifically women, specifically underrepresented minorities? Because if all the speakers just said this for one year, then all those folks would get compensated. Yeah, and like the swag bags are like, they're not cheap. Yeah. I mean, like, the so, believe me, they, they, they spend money on these events. They yeah. just... And the the cost of paying speakers is very little compared to the cost of the time that they that are that people are paid there, like in salary. There's, like and there's to, creative to solutions. Okay, you have an event, you don't have any budget to pay people. Uh, can the participants at the event get some open source hardware from the companies that you say you're celebrating? So you know, it's just it's something that has to get fixed. Yeah. And you know, everyone wants an open speaker and then they want oh great it's just dudes dudes we have to figure out something else and we're going to keep politely asking and then sometimes you'll probably decline and say hey like cool you don't want to pay speakers you don't want to pay women don't not going to speak at that event yeah and um anyways so that's that, those are two things um the documentation thing is important for this month but i also think if you're in the open source community and these giant companies are using the word open they have to compensate speakers just like they do for everybody else and one of the tricks that they do is like, oh, it's for a podcast or something. Um, and they don't go through their, their comms or their PR group because the comms and PR group will say, um, we have a diversity protocol. We have a code of conduct for events. We have speakers uh, yeah. fees that we pay. And so I see companies starting to do this. They're like, oh, we're just going to set up this like side event and the employee is going to use their 10% time. 
So anyways, um, you know, this is this has happened right now. There's three different companies that have recently emailed you and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm emailing with one of them right now and I don't think they like me, but I'm just going to keep asking because I think it's the right thing. Anyways. Yeah, it's the right thing to do. Okay. So 2000. Because there's other people who, who they won't be able to ask, right? So we should ask on, on their behalf. Again, I don't, I don't take the money. Yeah. I always donate it. I, actually, back in the day, maybe it was like 10 years ago, when these giant companies would ask if you would speak at an event, they said, oh, you know, it'd be great for your resume. It's like when, it, when, the, some, when someone asks for graphic design yeah, for free, yeah. they're like, it's great for your portfolio. Anyways, we have 2,308 guys. Wow, we got past 2,300. Yeah. Okay, this week we have uh, displaying uh, bitmap pixel art on an LED matrix made easy with CircuitPython. That's by JP. Katni wrote up a guide. Uh, with some information and files for the LTC 4311 I2C extender slash active terminator is a very cool device for people who want to have very long strings of uh, I2C devices. Nan Pedro, like we mentioned, made a Lego um, holder for the Cutie Pie. Um, kind of goes along with their Lego Stemma QT um, adapters they built a couple weeks ago. And uh, they kitted out a Lego store with some NeoPixel LEDs. Liz Clark. Um, made a uh, Twitter listener party parrot. So this this uh, matrix portal project has a 32 by 32 LED matrix, and it goes onto the internet uh, and it listens for a, uh, somebody to tweet at you um, hashtag party parrot. And when somebody does that, it will play the party parrot animation. Um, oh, okay. Oh no, I did not. Well, it's animating. Oh no, because you don't have the um, you have a screenshot. Is it, is it a still? Yeah, that's a still. Imagine that moved. Imagine it was like doing the thing. Um, so a uh, little par- party parent animation comes up. Um, it's a great tutorial also on how to use the Twitter API so you can like search for words or trigger based on events and have your LED matrix showed off. Um, thanks to Melissa for helping me finish the Braincraft hat guide. I started it like a month and a half ago and then couldn't finish it. Um, she helped me finish it up. So instructions on how to get going with the Braincraft hat, how to install all the hardware support for... Um, the audio subsystem, the display subsystem, um, circuit Python library support for the joystick and buttons and all that good stuff, how to connect servos and other devices uh, or um, sensors so you can do machine learning projects. And now that we have that guide done, we will start doing BrainCraft projects. Uh, it's been a year since we came up with the, this BrainCraft hat, but uh, it's definitely going to happen now, and uh, it's never been a better time. You know what? Turns See, out, um, turns out doing machine learning stuff uh, still sucks, and it's too still too hard. Yeah, nothing's changed really. So um, everyone's been waiting for us to get back to this to make easy guides for stuff. So uh, that's what we're going to do. Erin uh, made a rainbow bottle lamp project. This is for that uh, autumn lights festival. Um, and uh, Katni wrote up a guide for everything you need to know to get started with the Adafruit Cutie Pie. So if you get picked up one of our low-cost boards, I think we still have some in stock. Uh, you can get up to five at a time uh, to um, build all your projects. It has a Stemma QT connector, so it's plug-and-play. has a reset button, a NeoPixel, a USB-C, um, and castellated pads. So, And if you would like, you can even upgrade it with some SPI flash memory. We tell you all about that in the guide. And I think from last week, we had the Purple Air AQI display, so you can pick yeah. a location you want to display the air quality, say right outside your house. If somebody has a Purple Air device that's broadcasting, uh, you can capture that data through the Purple Air service and display it. So if you live in California, you know when it's okay to go outside. Yep. Okay, we'll have more guides very soon. Um, this is kind of new. This is kind of interesting, kind of breaking news. Breaking news. Arm. 
arm had a giant arm dev summit, and they showed the power of arm from the most most biggest massive giant servers too. Cutie pie. Cutie pie. Cutie so pie. this was, Cutie I think, pie. really. I think this was really smart because the uh, the CEO of Arm, I think, showed this off, and their 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 comms team and PR team. Speaking of of giant companies, they did the right thing. They said, "Hey, we this is can can we show this off?" And Arm in the past has bought open hardware for participants at events, supporting open hardware businesses. So we didn't charge them for the photo, but because they've always done stuff. And they've always been helpful. They've always figured out something. And they didn't have two different policies yeah. for community and one for business. Um, this was great. So this is pretty cool. Um, this was at the Arm Dev Summit. Thank you so thank you so much, everyone in Arm, for showing off some Adafruit stuff. Um, big old servers. Little tiny cutie pie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, let's do some main New York City factory footage. Okay. Take it away, factory. Do you know which product this is? This is the high OLED, and this is uh, hand soldering OLED displays on to uh, using um, paste. All right. And this is testing out the matrix portal with a 64 by 64 LED. We did this as a demo for one of our new products, and Dano, who was helping out, was like, I really want one of these. And I was like, great, I'll, I'll get you a, a sample um, display, and you can build one. And this is the uh, Monster Mask Tester. I got these eyes. Yeah, if you're wondering why all our stuff works, because it passes a full test. We test it all. This is some blue wire hacking. Some new STEM IQT boards coming off the machine. And it wouldn't be made in New York City factory footage without a uh, photo. This was a sunset outside Adafruit. And this continues to be Disney. They're digging. I think di now I have a different theory now. So Disney has so much money because they laid off a ton of people. Um, and and they're And they're also um, you know, like the, one of the most popular streaming services. And they're Disney, you know. They have tons of money. Um, they're making a Scrooge McDuck vault and they're gonna, oh, they're gonna swim in and, the, and the executive team's gonna sw swim around in gold okay okay yeah 3d printing let's um see what's going on um the, it's the 300th show yeah the most important thing is hug report shout out and more to noah and pedro who um do the thing that's really hard which is every single every week. week they show up and they do a 3d printing show and so many people have been able to figure out what they want to do with 3D printers, how they want to integrate electronics, make things that are special to them, make gifts, do all sorts of things, and give people a skill. We've never charged for this show. We haven't done like a courseware thing. They publish all the designs on all the different places that you can download. Um, it's been the only and longest running 3D printing show. So congratulations, Noah and Pedro. Everyone in the chats, give them a shout out. Let them know on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. that you appreciate it, 300 shows. So just do the math. Once a week, how many weeks in a year? 
Um, and once in a while, there's holidays or who knows. But still, let's say three, two, three times a week. Hundred years. So thank you so much, Don Pedro. I know what goes into doing a show. It's um, hard, and that's why it's very much appreciated because you had the ability to publish every single week, and it's something that people look forward to. And if you think about it, um, there's young folks who started watching your show, and now they've gone off to become engineers, and they went from, you know high schooler to now getting out of school because that's how long it takes 300 shows takes a few years so it's kind of neat that you you don't know what's going to happen and who you're going to influence and what you're going to spark and one of the things that we learned is if you just have something consistent that you're publishing especially when that's it's the toughest thing yeah just you know by the way folks never been a better time to start um, publishing something and don't just put it on a social media site make a blog it's very easy to do this now you put it on YouTube put it, yeah put it, make, your, make, make your content so you can look back on it and it's yours um, you know one of the things in the maker business community that I think we'll start to see yeah. is what you're seeing at companies like Tesla they said we're not going to do PR the same way we're going to be our own publisher yeah I get it they make a technology product um, you know Apple doesn't do uh, advertising in the same way that most companies do. And I think, you know, a lot of people are going to work at companies and they're going to have a CTO and they're also going to have a editor-in-chief. These are things like that's how we built Adafruit. Adafruit's site has a blog built into it. The, 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 the store has a... Yeah, that was like the first, yeah. last web thing I did is integrate it into the shop so it appeared as like one page. Yeah, it was WordPress and... Uh, and, and um, uh, not... PHP... Zencart. Zencart, sorry. Zencart, yeah. So, I hacked WordPress. WordPress is very hackable, so I made it appear inside of the store, which yeah. nowadays isn't that difficult. Yeah, folks times. are in the chat. I just, just to get back to Noam Pedro, um, 3D Hangouts taught one of our community members. 99% of what they know about 30, 3D printing. Congrats on the 300. Yeah. So okay. we're going to play two videos. We're going to have a um, Cutie Pie Lego project and then a, a demon skull okay. thing. Okay, see you on the other side. Hey, what's up folks? In this video, we're taking a look at the Adafruit Cutie Pie. This cute little dev board features the SAMD 21E, 11 GPIO pens, and a built-in Stemma QT connector. It's got CircuitPython support, so it'll work with all of Adafruit's libraries and example code. With the Moo Python editor, you can use the built-in tools for plotting data and outputting to the serial monitor. To install CircuitPython, head over to circuitpython.org and search for Cutie Pie. Be sure to select your preferred language and download the latest. Check out the CutiePie Learn Guide for a full breakdown of the pinouts, board profiles for Arduino, and the CAD files. Stemma QT makes it easy to plug and play with I2C sensors so you can quickly get your projects up and running. Adafruit has tons of Stemma QT breakouts so you can play with a whole ecosystem of sensors and displays. In this project, we designed and 3D printed a LEGO compatible mount for housing the Cutie Pie. It's got built-in clips so it'll secure the board without any hardware screws. Just snap fit the board with the USB connector fitted through the notch. We lit up our LEGO store set and fitted the Cutie Pie on the back with our 3D printed mount. We added a strip of ultra-skinny NeoPixels to the ceiling underneath the roof. We think these are perfect for fitting into tight spaces. These cables allow you to easily disconnect the strip of NeoPixels from the Cutie Pie. Compared to the JSTP-H connector, the Pico connector is much smaller, which makes it perfect for fitting into smaller builds. 
we connected the wires to A2, 5V and the ground pins. These are castellated pads so they're super nice to solder. Using tweezers can be really helpful when soldering wires to the ultra skinny NeoPixel strip. We needed to be really careful not to bridge the voltage wire with the data line. They can be a bit tricky to wire up so you'll want to use a set of third helping hands. We made sure to test the strip out before embedding it into the Lego set. The strip is flexible so it can wrap around the drop ceiling of the Lego set. It features a sticky backing so it's really easy to mount it to surfaces. The connector is fitted through a small opening on the back and the cutie pie is mounted to these studs. Then we can plug in the strip to the cutie pie. This USB battery is fitted into a small enclosure that we built into the roof of the LEGO set. A DIY USB cable is nice to use because it has a right angle connector. And there you have it, that's how we upgraded our LEGO set with a cutie pie and NeoPixels. I hope this inspires you to pick up a cutie pie and try out CircuitPython. Thanks so much for watching and don't forget to subscribe for more products from Adafruit. single Wednesday at 11 a.m. and once again happy 300 Yay. Don Pedro. Happy 300 to right. you. Right, Lady Ada, it's okay. time. Okay. Key and Adafruit present This week's Ion MPI is Ideal Text with technology at your fingertips. Lady Ada. Yes. What tell you about is it. the Ion MPI this week? Okay, so I've done a lot of sensors and boards and cameras and like speakers, but I thought I'd actually do a tool this time because uh, I really like a good tool. Like a good tool saves you a lot of time. Um, it reduces your errors. Like a lot of times people think like I'm not good at soldering or I'm not good at building stuff. And it's actually because their tools aren't that great. Um, and recently we put into the store... Um, it's some extremely fine wire, so good for like, I mean, it's actually like sewable wire. It's, yeah. it's so skinny. And um, somebody said like, well, how do I strip this wire? And I was like, actually, we don't really have a wire stripper in the shop that can strip wire this fine 36 gauge. But then I saw on digikey.com slash new, this new ideal tech, it's the WS3620, which actually going to make sense because it goes from 36 gauge to 20 gauge and it's a wire stripper. So it's like, WS wire stripper 36 to 20, WS 3620. Um, so it's by Ideal Tech, and um, the price is really good. Usually I've seen um, these kinds of precision wire strippers be a lot more expensive. 
And um, what it's really good for is the really, again, that fine precision, very thin wires. So if you're using thicker wires, you might go with something like this automatic wire stripper. This one's good for like, you know, 20 gauge to 10 gauge, so really chunky wires. It's a big, heavy tool. And um, one of our favorite kinds of wire strippers is this kind, which has like the little notches in it. Um, but your wire has to match the notch. So you have to look and be like, well, what is my wire gauge? And then which notch? And then you line it up to the notch. And it's not too hard to use, but it, it again, it doesn't go less than 30. And even 30 sometimes is um, not that easy. So, you know, there are some very fine wires. If you're doing like wire wrap wires, those are 30 gauge. And, and sometimes those can be a little difficult um, for these uh, wire strippers to do. And then we recently put in some ultra, ultra fine gauge uh, stranded core wires. Um, sometimes these were called Litz wires, but they're, they're not actually Litz wires. But they're, they're Teflon coated, they're very thin, they go, 30 gauge is like the thickest. And they go down all the way to 36 gauge, which is, again, it's, it, it's basically thread at that point. But it's, it's a stranded wire um, with a coating, but you have to be able to strip it. And one of the challenges is how do you strip wire this fine without nicking it? Because especially with stranded core wire, it's very easy to accidentally nick it and then it cracks and breaks with usage. And the whole benefit of having stranded wire, which is flexible, it actually becomes a liability because it cracks and breaks at that point. So um, this wire stripper has like a little aperture. You don't have to tell it what gauge wire. You just sort of like, you squeeze it, you put the wire in, you let go, and then you do a little bit of a twist and pull and the wire comes out stripped. So I can actually do a little demo to show it Yeah, off. let's do a demo. And we also have a video that will play at the end, but let's uh, yeah. let's do the live demo. That's what we do. You want to believe the demo? Okay, so this is uh, Ideal Tech. This is, is made in Germany. This is a very it's a nice design. Nice design. Um, you can kind of read here. It has these, yeah, I don't know when you would ever want something 40 millimeters long, but you basically dial how long you want the end to be. So like, you know, 10 millimeters is the, is the wire strip length. And then um, you open it by squeezing. So it's got this nice squeezy feel. So here I've got some uh, yeah, 26 gauge, and this is silicone wire. Uh, so you squeeze, you put the wire in, and you can kind of see it uh, there. And you give it a little bit of a twist. And then you pull, and you've got like perfect stripped nice. wires, like beautiful. You know, no nicking, yeah. no cutting, everything just comes right very cleanly off uh, and it's ready to use. So that's 20. Uh, six gauge and then this was the this was the challenge right this is 36 gauge so it's basically it's like a it feels like a hair yeah we got uh, these tiny wires and that was like well what are we going to do what do you do with them so like if you try to use um these kinds of wire strippers you either cut them by cut the wire by accident because you can't get it centered yeah. like, like me or you know if you do get it centered it just it just goes right through because it's much too fine um you're not going to get 36 gauge in this style of wire uh, stripper. Um, however, we can, hold on, this has a little bit of a, has the wire stuck in it. Okay, so now dial back to 10. Let's do, you put the wire in so you can see it and then give it a pull. Wow. And That's, this is, so this is one of those ones perfect. that it uh, gives you time back. This yeah. is a little tiny time machine because you're going to spend so much time trying to get this right. Yeah, right, and cool. it's like perfect. Like again, all the wires come out, like they don't they're not shredded. Yeah. Um on the way out. And then um you can do it again. So cut and then 
you squeeze to open, there's a little different sum, you, you squeeze to close, and then there you go. Perfectly wire stripped. So this is nice. um, I think, you know, yeah, use use like this style when you've got, uh, you know, thicker wires, maybe if you like. But, um, you know, because this only goes up to 20 gauge, but uh, we found it works quite well. We tried it with Teflon, PVC, and silicone coating, and it worked great, stranded and solid core. So you can pick it up. Uh, I also like it's very comfortable in the hands, like very ergonomic. Um, you know, I don't know if I would use this every single day just because I'm so used to the other kind of wire stripper. But definitely if you're doing the very uh, precision wire stripping, I think um, you definitely want to have a special tool for it because it's very, very easy with those fine wires to accidentally nick them or um, not be able to get the, the cover off. And then it's like you keep stripping the wire and you're spending like four or five times just to get it right when if you have the right tool, you just do it the first time. Okay, and uh, we're going to... Tell you where it's at on DigiKey site. That's right. And we also have the short URL. So it's digikey.com forward slash short forward slash ZWWVF8. And it's 2014-WS3620 for the product yep. ID. Or just search for WS3620 yeah. number. Wire stripper, 36 gauge to 20 gauge. WS3620. All right. And they have a about minute-ish video, so we're going to play it. Don't forget to check this out on DigiKey, and that is this week's INOPI. All right, thank you. All right, thanks for joining us for the 2020 Vice President uh, debate coverage. Now, um, let's uh, keep moving along. All right, time we're going to do. Yeah, we're going to do new products. Ready? Yep. Breaking new. Breaking uh, new. So uh, just a reminder, um, we are two weeks away from shipping Adabox. So go to adabox.com, sign up. And a you, great gift. You'll get an Adabox. We don't have a ton left because we have to get to all the Adabox subscribers that have stayed with us from the start. We thank all of you out there. But do go to adabox.com. First up is a coming soon. Okay. This is coming soon, but a lot of people are very excited about it. So I wanted to put it in the shop. Um, the ESP32-S2 
Metro. So this is a Metro shape board that can, you can use with our Arduino shields. Uh, it also works with like a lot of Arduino accessories, but it features the ESP32-S2, which is an ESP32 Wi-Fi processor from Espressif. It has, uh, I think, two megabytes, four megabytes of flash, I think eight megabytes of PSRAM. Um, it has a NeoPixel, um, a reset button, boot, DFU button. Um, like I said, it's got Wi-Fi, a 240 megahertz TED silicon processor, um, single core. It doesn't have Bluetooth, but it does have both Arduino and CircuitPython support. I've been trying out both. Um, and Arduino supports in both CircuitPython and Arduino are beta, but they do work. You can connect to the internet and get stuff. Um, it has a built-in LiPoly charger, and it can run off, on, run off of a LiPoly battery. So it's very handy if you want to make your project portable. Uh, there's got a built-in NeoPixel, an optional debug port if you'd like to use JTAG debugging. Um, and you can also use a DC power jack for like 9 volt power in. Uh, this will be coming into the shop soon. So sign up. Uh, it's going to be a very affordable and easy way to make native USB capable Wi-Fi projects because the ESP32 S2 connect like a keyboard or a mouse or a disk drive. It's going to be our first ESP32 that can run CircuitPython. I think a lot of people are going to be uh, using it, that with this board. And then we're going to branch out into more ESP32 yeah. devices and products. All right. Next up. Next up, a Dynamixel. These are kind of interesting. So these are like really um, advanced high-powered servos that are like really smart. So servos that we have, I mean, servos are basically smart motors, right? Because they can change position. But you still have to set the pulses for a servo and you don't get like position feedback and like you can't set the speed and you can't like trigger them. So these are like advanced motors that are used in a lot of like humanoid robots. Like when you see stuff like people make their own little, like little dog, you know, like running robots or walking robots, they tend to use Dynamixels. They're very powerful, um, both like physically. Um, they're very well designed. They're easy to mount. They have like a lot of mounting options. Um, they also come with some uh, cool accessories, so you can like mount them to each other, and they communicate over um, a serial interface. So if you go to the overhead, um, I've got here a Metro M4, and I've got it wired up to this Dynamixel. So what you can see is you chain them. You plug into one port, and then these are actually all connected together. So you can chain more motors together, and then you can see here um, this is like the motor hinge. For the motor power, you give it, um, they don't want off of 5 volts. These really want like 9 to 12 volts. They want quite a bit of power. They are powerful motors. Again, they're used for um, like walking robotics. Um, so you need ground, power, and signal. If you only have one motor, um, they're addressable. Uh, if you have only one motor, um, you can use a single um, serial pin, the TX pin, and you send it commands. If you have multiple motors, you do have to address them. And so in that case, you need to have like a Dynamixel shield. But for people just starting out, you can get started with just one. And then if you really like these motors, of course, then you can uh, pick up a shield or, or there's schematics online on how to use a pin to um, turn this interface into a, a multiplexed, uh, sorry, a half duplex serial connection. Uh, but you can send commands, trigger, set speed, etc. tell it which way to turn. So if I power this up, you'll see I'm telling it to turn to the right really fast and then slowly to the left. So you give it the speed. You don't have to like worry about calibration. Like it's always going to be the same 
from motor to motor. So you tell it the speed you want and then how long you want it to go or you can give it like a goal and tell it like, you know, move until you get to this position. Um, so for advanced robotics, I think this could be uh, pretty useful, I think. Um, we'll probably carry more Dynamixel type stuff, but I want to start with like the most popular, simplest motor to begin with. It's also a nice little LED on the back. So um, yeah, this is a Dynamixel AX12A. So uh, a, a very affordable for the capability smart servo motor. Okay, next up, move right along. Yep. Next up, we've got uh, this launch pad. This is from like a little startup, and they made some cool micro bit and clue accessories. And so I thought, yeah, this is kind of neat. So this is a breakout for every pin on a micro bit or a clue. Um, usually, you know, you can only alligator clip to the five pads on the bottom, but this one gives you all the pads. And so you can use alligator clips, you can use conductive tape, you can use conductive uh, paint if you like even. Um, just show it off real fast on the overhead. You plug in your clue or your micro bit or any other micro bit um, size thing. So normally you only get these five pads. When you plug it in, you get all the pads. And then you have to just slot it in. And then, yeah, alligator clips work divinely. You can clip like that or you can tape to them. Um, they've got conductive material on both sides. And uh, it's nice and flat. So it's designed so you can um, use it flat on a uh, fabric or material surface and you can you can probably even nail it down you know using little nails through this and then maybe wrap wires around it so an interesting little breakout that looks like a tie fighter all right next up 2020s hollis holiday gift is uh spade a, connects a box of spade connects spade connects all the kids okay. want these this year yes get spade all right so these are we actually use these in our um like arcade buttons and stuff. That's what their most popular usage or micro switches. Um, you'll see these. So um, if you're making your own wires, and we have our own quick connects, if you're making your own wires, you can now get just the uh, connector. So this slides onto a spade connect and then you crimp a wire on. You strip the wire with that nice wire stripper. And then you can even put um, this, like once it's crimped, it's a lot easier to do because this kind of sticks out a little bit. But you can um, put this uh, plastic sheathing over it to protect it so it doesn't short. And you get, um, there's three sizes, and I think it's like quarter inch, three-eighths inch, and um, one-eighth inch, or, or I don't remember. I don't remember exactly. But it's like there's three different sizes, and you get one of each. It's like 0 0.118, 0 0.25, and then like 0 0.38 or something. I don't know. Um, so there's three sizes, so you can see, oh wait, I don't you got small, medium, and large, and these are like, these are the most popular spade connect. I actually haven't seen really anything else. Um, and you also get uh, the matching other side, like the, um, the spade part rather than the connect part. So you can also, um, you know, connect to existing wires if you want to make extenders or something. So you get 50 of each. Um, you get like these little ones, and then these match together. So cute. And um, the little rubber gaskets that go over it. Uh, you know, if you're working with arcade buttons or you're working, I think, like automotive or some robotics or micro switch type projects, this will come in very handy because you're always like making weird wire harnesses um, with spade connects or quick connects as I like to call them. And it comes in a box. Okay. Oh, I got it. 
Got a couple other uh, yeah. close-ups here. In and here you got this is like an arcade button, so you see like this is a small yeah. one, this is a micro switch, this is a larger one. Okay. Quick connect that. And the star of the show tonight, Lady Ada, besides community, our customers, our team, and you is? The B&O 08X. It's actually the B&O 085. Uh, and it's an interesting story. We actually started this with a B&O 080, and then we discovered uh, that there's actually an upgrade version to this chip, the 085. It's pin compatible. It's even code compatible. But the 085 fixes a little bit of a bug that they had in SPI where it would, like, time out too quickly, um, which made it hard to use with SPI. So we just upgraded it, and we're shipping the 085 because it's the same price and does everything. And so what is this? Um, this is a all-in-one inertial measurement unit that does the inertial measurements for you. So if you've got an accelerometer, a magnetometer, a gyroscope, you probably have used one of these if you're doing electronics, and you know that they can measure twist and uh, motion and mag the Earth's magnetic field, and you can combine those using algorithms to give you true orientation in 3D space. So you know like which way you're facing. Are you facing north or up? Like your phone does this where it tells you, you're asking for directions, it tells you which way to go, it knows which way you're facing. Um, and it can also tell you tilt, like axis and, and attitude and, and all that. Very useful in uh, robotics and um, drones and um, you know any, any basically any project that's interactive um, where you need to know where something is facing in space. Okay, so but usually you have to take that data and you merge it together using fusion algorithms. Um, and, uh, you know, there's like NXP algorithms and there's like, you know, a bunch of other named algorithms. And we, out, out pops quaternion or Euler um, angles. Um, but that requires a lot of computation. Like you actually have to sit there and you have to get all this data and you have to compute it constantly. And if you miss measurements, your data can start drifting, which is where the BNO085 come in. So this is kind of like the sister to the BNO055. It's the same hardware but it's got a much more advanced algorithm setup. So not only does it do, you know, quaternion Euler, but it has like a step counter and it has like, you know, game vectors and it does um, activity classification. It also has a, a really simple mode that's called like, it's literally called robotic vacuum mode, um, where it just spits out like serial data with just like the Euler information accelerometer data. Um, that's perfect if you don't want to have a complicated uh, setup, but it it basically takes the BNO 055 and kind of makes it it's more advanced. Um, for a lot of people, the BNO 055 will be just fine. But if you want, you know, um, UR interface, if you want SPI interface, if you want things like activity classification or step classification, uh, I it seemed to me like the BNO 085 was a little bit more stable. It had less drift than the 055. Uh, you know, I'm not going to promise one way or the other because I didn't do a lot of sturdy tests, but I did just kind of put on the table, move it around, and I noticed it was extremely stable. Um, and we've got CircuitPython and Arduino code for this nice nine-off. It comes on a STEMIQT board. You can use I2C. You can use um, SPI on our Arduino. We don't have it working in Python because it's not fast enough. Um, you can also use UART if you'd like. Um, and you can also put it in this, again, this simple... Uh, RVC robotic vacuum mode that is, um, you know, the, it's very light on code and complexity, but you only get the uh, quaternion report. And, uh, you know, if you're doing orientation-based projects, you know, nothing's going to beat this. It's going to be so simple for you. You can even use, you know, an Arduino Uno or something or a Cutie Pie. You don't have to worry about the calculations of the math. It's all done for you and just spits out that data. 
Um, so pick one up. It comes uh, ready to go in our StomachQT format for easy use. And, uh, you know, I think we'll see a lot of people do this with, you know, drone robots, DIY drones, DIY uh, robotics projects, and a lot of interactive art projects where um, something reacts to motion or activity and the person just wants to get the project up and running. That's new products. That's the new, 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 All right, cool. Y'all can start loading up questions over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord, or join all, like, 25,000 of us. Let's do some uh, top secret. Yeah. So we got two top secret videos. We're just going to play them back to back, and uh, then we'll see you on the other side. Okay. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, I am putting together a Metro M7. This is the IMXRT 1011. This is a pretty cool 500 megahertz processor, but it's QFP, so it's easy to solder. And it has an ESP32 Wi-Fi airlift. It's Metro-shaped. We've got a STEMI QT connector over here. So you can plug in an OLED. And I've got it running CircuitPython right now. So what it's doing is it's going online to Coindesk and getting the latest Bitcoin price. So just using our existing um, Wi-Fi code to do that. And then it's uh, displaying it on the OLED every 30 seconds or so. And it's working great. This is a really fast chip. I'm really liking the RT series. So I'm going to do a little bit more testing and then I'm going to get this manufactured real soon. Hey, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, I'm beta testing my new Metro ESP32 S2 featuring uh, the PSRAM capable ESP32 S2 module here. Got USB-C and power and on-off switch. Stomach UT connector, so you can connect all of your little sensors and OLEDs. Battery power, including battery charging, and it's Arduino Uno shield compatible. So I've got here this like TFT shield. It's also a prototype, you can tell it's red. And let me see if I can plug it in. One moment. Okay. And then when I reset it, it does an amazingly fast TFT uh, test sketch. So I think the SPI must be running at like 60 or 80 megahertz because this is crazy fast. But it uh, means that SPI works and I've tested I2C, so it's ready to ship. All right. Um, and do you have anything you want to show before I go well, off to... Well, I mean, to, I uh, could show, um, you know, they've got this... Uh, You've got the board. I've got this board. I'm making sure I'm even plugging it in. I don't know if it'll work. See what happens. It might. Um, but, uh, you know, this has got the um, NXP. Oh, you know, I think I deleted a file from it. Um, it's um, got a NXP IMX RT 1011. So this is running at 500 megahertz. It's got some QSPY flash. It's got a debug interface. Um, I actually used it to load the code initially. Um, ESP32. Uh, for Wi-Fi coprocessor, because this chip obviously doesn't do Wi-Fi, but it's really fast. And then you just let this do all the Wi-Fi stuff for you and buffer sockets. Um, Type-C USB, DC jack. Um, there's an on-off switch, so I can turn this off, and then I can turn it back on, which is very handy. And then, you know, I'm starting to put stem QT connectors. So here, um, I put it down in this corner. Um, on this board, I put it, you know, I couldn't really fit it down here because... Um, this is where I have the battery connector. This didn't make as much sense for me to have on battery because um, we don't have like low power code for this. Although, you know, if it becomes popular, I could redesign this to run off of a, a LiPo battery. Um, and then, um, yes, this one has a stomach QT here and this one has a stomach QT over there. So this actually works 
really well. I mean, it, uh, you know, we did some quick speed tests and um, without doing a lot of memory optimizations with the tightly coupled RAM, it, it is still twice as fast as the SAMD51. And it really has a very fast feel to it. Like it's, like it's hard to explain, but like using CircuitPython, like I kind of know how long it takes for stuff to happen. And I'm always like really impressed by this chip, how quickly it's going. So um, we'll get this um, fab soon. I have to sort of design how, these a new chip yeah. I have to design the tester. And this is what you want for IoT. You're going to be lots of string parsing, doing lots of JSON stuff. It's going to be good. Good stuff. We've been waiting for this. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the top secret for the week. Yep. All right. Um, we're going to go over to the questions, and I have some lined up, and there's a couple other things, too. Yeah. So, first up, um, this is a comment. Uh, so one of uh, Square in the community says, making new products for their new business, working on some STEMA QT boards. That's exactly what yeah, we wanted to do. Yeah, do it. So, just so folks, like, see how we think about stuff. We wanted to have a complete ecosystem for Feather and Feather Wings of people, un, uh, unexpected makers in the chat tonight. There is a Feather and Feather Compatibles and Feather Wings. And you make something that's Feather compatible and then you get access to all the wings. So that's an ecosystem where other people can make businesses and do um, all sorts of things that we would never get around to. And there is a inspiration side of it. There's a co-chairing side of it. There's also like, hey, that's a good idea. We have ideas too. Like this is neat and this is what you want. Um, because in the end, the people who buy these things, they get everything gets better for them over and over. Um, and then STEM is the next one. You can make something that fits with all these things very easily, and you can make an entire business around STEM stuff, and you don't even have to talk to us about it. It's kind yeah, of cool. feather people make feathers, and they don't talk to us about it, and it's cool. They yeah. make STEMAs, we don't care. It's cool. Yeah. So here we go. Adafruit, is there a chance that you can backpower the three volt pin on feather wing that uses STEM standard? to a Feather main bore sitting above it. The Stemma bus has a VCC that you could source power from another device. So a shotkey needed on the Stemma Featherwing. So is a shotkey needed on a Stemma? It's not, I mean, you don't need it. I mean, yes, you okay. can back power, but like don't, I mean, it's electronics. All the, the grounds are all connected and the powers are all connected. So yeah, you can always back power. If that's important for you not to do, add a shotkey diode, but there's, I, I can't stop you from doing it, and I don't think it would be wise to put a shocky diode on everything. Could you use a LiPo backpack with the Cutie Pie, or would that be a bad idea? It isn't really set up for a LiPo battery. I mean, I think eventually we'll show how to do it, because you, you, you need to do a couple special tricks, but there's no backpack for it. You could try using um, the Seed Chow battery backpack, but it doesn't have a JSD connector, so it's kind of not fun to use. Okay. Um, the TMP007 contact infrared sensor has been discontinued. Are there any plans to replace the product with something similar? There is no, I mean, they stopped making them. They had the Temp006, Temp007, they completely discontinued it. Nobody else makes anything like it. Um, the Malexa sensors are the closest ones, and they're completely sold out everywhere on Earth because everyone's making contactless temperature guns. So, sorry, it's really hard to get them. Okay, uh, Adafruit products are sold in places like Micro Center. Do you have any say in the SKUs, and do you see about the same buying trends? I can answer this. Yeah. So basically, what people want on the Adafruit site, they usually want in Micro Center. Um, however, they're usually doing um, a lot of platform stuff. So we tell Micro Center, here's what our top sellers are. They work with us, and they say, here's what a lot of people are buying. Basically, a lot of people want to go there fast. They want to get a feather, and they want to get all the stuff that goes around with it. They want to get a circuit playground, and they want to get all the stuff that goes with it. So they're going there, and sometimes they're getting the platform itself, or sometimes they're getting the accessories. So we have Feather, we have NeoPixel, 
we have Circuit Playground, we have Circuit Python, which is a code that runs all these. We yeah. have Arduino shields and things like that, Raspberry Pi accessories. And then we have other things like Bluefruit, which can be part of all these other things. So usually people are looking for those things inside a micro center. Okay, next up. Can I run the Metro M4 on 12 volts through the barrel connector? Um, like a car battery? Yeah, or a I mean, 12 volts is fine. Um, I'd make sure your car battery is actually 12 volts and not 15 volts because that's a little bit high. Um, so maybe go through, you know, sometimes there's little car adapters that can plug into your cigarette port. Um, and that's actually the best way to do it if you can get a USB cable to plug into the cigarette port. That way you don't have to worry about 12 volts or power or anything. Um, oh, I'll answer this is was something I was uh, typing in chat. So for Adabox isn't available in every country because the shipping costs end up blowing the subscription costs. It just yeah, becomes it's, too much. It's, so, that's why we stock it afterwards. Yeah, so um, I'll just give an example. So Australia, it's expensive to ship stuff to. So yeah. what we do is we put data boxes as standalone boxes in the end. I know it's not the same as getting a subscription, um, but because the shipping is free for Adabox, it's blended into the cost of the subscription, that that knocks out the ability for us to keep the price as low as it is. You always get more value than the cost of the box. So that's the reason why. Um, and, you know, shipping's expensive. Um, Amazon kind of got everyone thinking shipping's free, but if you have Prime, um, that's running late and it's not free. So there's a lot of things that go into shipping. They just do a really good job of, of hiding it. And venture-funded companies, they'll often, do free, they'll often do free shipping because fake it till you make it, someone else's problem later. So we, we have a real shipping cost, and we try to bake it in. Same thing with our site. We tell you exactly what the shipping costs are, and that's exactly what you pay. That's right. All right, next up. Uh, okay. That's just coming. Right. Do you see traditional kits going away, such as the next two o'clock being replaced with breakup boards? Um... So I can answer this a little bit. Maybe, Lady, do you have some thoughts? So workshops and schools and homes, you know, some people, they just can't solder. They don't want to solder. So the demand for solder kits, um, there's a certain community that will always want that. But for the most part, especially in school settings, they don't want to deal with that. So plugging things together with Stemma is one of the things we did. You yeah, know, people shield really and like wings. to plug and play. I mean, it just, it just gets more... Yeah. More kids and more people. I mean, people are scared of soldering. They'll they'll solder things like NeoPixel wires, but that's considered advanced. You know, we're we're reaching a wide a wider audience. Yeah. These are no longer just people who are already engineers or have like shop class experience. These are people who are like, I've never done electronics all in my life. So I think we'll see a combination of surface mount things mounted on PCBs. And there might be a portion of a kit that you solder or build and do yeah. things to it. You solder like a button or something. Yeah. Um, if you want to. Um, next up, and as far as like the Nixie tube clock kit, they do. There is a limit of the number of Nixie tubes. There's just not as, there's the, the and, ice tube clock. We ran out of ice tubes. Like there was, yeah. we sold thousands, but then eventually so, there so weren't no, any. So no joke. There was a guy. His name was like his his tag was Tube Lover, and Tube Lover didn't like that we had a kit because we were buying up the kit. We were buying up the tubes. My response is like, well, what else are we supposed to do with these tubes? Like, what are you saving them for? Like, aliens are going to land? Yeah, and they're like, we give us your tubes or else? So um, this person didn't like that we were buying the tubes for the ice tube clock kit. And, uh, you know, if your name's Tube, tube Lover, you're ride or die. You want all the tubes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, he loves them. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, let's see. Um, any plans for the uh, OB1203 sensor breakout? No idea what that is. You know this company? No, no plans. I got no plans right now. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Uh, do, 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 do. 
Got it. Yeah, we do ship Betabox to some countries, and there are import fees. Germany, but usually, Germany, UK. but we worked with DHL. Usually, it just sells through, and because uh, customers are prepaid, potentially. Okay, I think I got to all of them. Okay. Oh, what's the best way to solder the SPI flash on the QD5? Uh, look online. There's lots of soldering videos, but it's a fairly large chip. Um, so I think as long as you have a soldering iron, you know, just do one corner, then the other corner, and then do the other six pins. I think you'll be able to do it. I believe in you. Okay. And if you can't, use a little bit of solder wick or solder sucker to remove that. Oh, the OB-1203 is a heart rate, blood oxygen concentration, pulse oximetry, proximity, light, and color sensor. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'll okay. check that out. Yeah. Oop. Sounds like a complicated uh, driver. Yeah. All right. All right. So thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. That's our show for tonight. Um, keep being good to each other. Don't forget, um, you know, work out all the things for your voting plan that you're going to do. Adafruit.com slash vote. We have some resources and more. Hopefully they're helpful for someone. Um, and if you're going to be a poll worker, if you're just going to help out in this thing called democracy, if you're a U.S. person and living through this, then there you go. Um, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks for making this the best hour that we get a chance to do every week. In the chat this week, I'm going to say thanks to Zay. Thank you, Zay, for hey, running Zay. things behind the scenes. We'll see everybody next week. Um, don't forget, place your orders. We're open, smart, we're shipping. Our team thanks you. Pre-COVID photos. Pre-COVID photos. And uh, if you go to adabox.com, we have enough slots open for people to get an Adabox. Get this one. Yeah, I'm telling you, you you're, you're going to regret it if you don't. There's always people who regret it. Pick up an Adabox. We have a couple subscriptions left over. Yeah. Halloween themed, but you know, you're not going to leave the house for another couple months. Come on. We all know there, what's happening. There's a, there's a chance you might have some home time. So, okay. it's a great time to get an Adabox. Right. Give it away as well. Here's your moment of Zener. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye, everybody.